आज की ताजा खबर बेंगलुरु में रहने वाले लू और अमेरिका में रहने वाले सेठ आपसे कुछ बात करना चाहते हैं संगीतकार राजेश के साथ आपका स्वागत है What's going on people? I'm Lou and there's no Sid and we are Lucid. Uh welcome to the second episode of the mini cast. Uh it's been a long time since all of you saw my face so uh yeah, nice to see you guys and uh, we have a guest today with us in the mini cast which is uh, Arjun Gargias. You have seen him before in the podcast in season I think 2 uh, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I think season 2. And uh welcome welcome Arjun to the podcast. Again. Hey Lou, nice to be here without Sid for once. <laughs> it's a good, uh, it's a good place to be at right now. So let's talk about whatever you want to talk about. Wow, it's a good place to be at right now without Sid. I like that line. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the reason I've called you to the podcast today is to talk about a specific industry that both of us have uh, affiliations to, uh, which is the semiconductor industry. Uh, I have worked in the semiconductor industry. We both studied together about semiconductors and now you work in semiconductor policy after having worked in semiconductor companies. Now, the reason I want to bring this topic up is because uh, yesterday in uh, in ISB, uh, there was Ashwini Vaishnav who visited us in Hyderabad and uh, he had an interactive session with uh, students. And that time I had asked him a question about how successful the 2021 semiconductor policy has been in terms of the design ecosystem growth in India. And uh, well, his answer, uh, well, apart from that, we also, uh, I also asked him about the DLI scheme, which kind of has the 51% Indian ownership, etc. So his answer to it was that it has been a resounding success. Uh, he said that a lot of other nations are looking at India now, they're keen and watching India. Uh, he said that at the end of October, there will be kind of a push for the first agreement to be signed on a fab. Uh, by the end of December, there will be a fab and by next year, uh, we will have the first chip from India. And this is some very, I don't know, this, this sounds like a very ambitious timeline, but that is why I wanted to have this conversation with you today. Because you work in this realm, okay, and I wanted to know how his answers align with what you kind of think is happening in the world and in India. So my first question to you is, uh, why this discussion about semiconductors at all? Like, why is everyone talking about semiconductors so much? What happened? Yeah, I think uh, that dates back to around two years back, right? So when the COVID pandemic hit, there was always there was already a decline in the um, chip production across the world. And when uh, global supply chains were impacted due to the pandemic, one of the major industries which were hit was the semiconductor industry and uh, that was because it's such a hyperlinked industry in terms of uh, um, the number of actors involved and the number of dependencies which uh, which have been there so uh, there's an interesting map uh, which uh, i saw when i was uh, just getting into the field of uh, policy making and then it showed how uh, a particular chip right from the from from the 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 part wherein it's actually designed the architecture and all the way until it's packaged and it's manufactured and shipped 
it crosses uh, international borders like some 10 times and it just keeps going around and around and this is because the fact that it cannot be done in one single uh, location and the fa- uh, because each state around the world has its own strengths in the industry and uh, different states are well versed in different parts of their supply chain itself so if you take taiwan then it's uh, majorly manufacturing and fabrication if you take us it's majorly design and they own eda tools like cadence and synopsis uh, and then if you take uh, japan japan uh, they make uh, this uh, photo resists and stuff which are actually used during uh, manufacturing uh, even netherlands asml and uh, they make photolithography equipment which are very very important while uh, actually fabricating a chip so there are so many dependencies in this uh, entire supply chain right so when that uh, when the covid pandemic hit and the supply chains were disrupted this was uh, the fallout for the semiconductor and semiconductor industry was absolutely phenomenal and we can still see that because the global ongoing global ship ship shortage is just i don't know when it's going to end so there there have been talks about the fact that it'll end the uh, production is back to normal there is that nothing and uh, major sectors have been affected automobiles for example uh, ford ford had to close down some of its factories because they did not have enough uh, uh, chips to actually um, mm-hmm. get into those cars so these kind of um, you know uh, economic um, devastation which was caused to the industry because of the pandemic itself and the hypersensitivity of the supply chain was brought the focus on semiconductors one more thing is of course you know china itself and the fact that um, they have been growing a lot in the uh, industry they have been trying to get into all sorts of um, like areas of the supply chain they're trying to manufacture they're trying to build advanced fabs in their own country and they're trying to capture market space from the others and uh, there is also this uh, thing about uh, the, there might be aggression towards taiwan across the taiwan straits especially after russia's invasion of ukraine and uh, the most lucrative industry that taiwan has to offer is the semiconductor industry so there there have been uh, you know um, fears that uh, what if this falls into the hands of the chinese i mean those are some things which are uh, far away and uh, is more or less just uh, a reason to focus on the industry itself but um, you know like these 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 factors are just uh, everything when it combines together there's the geopolitical factor there's the economic mm-hmm. factor there's the uh, technological factor with uh, different states trying to get into the supply chain itself because everyone wants to be a part of it vietnam wants to uh, have now has different uh, packaging and testing and assembly facilities because they can uh, that's their comparative advantage they have low skilled labor and they can uh, uh, use that to their advantage so with all this happening there was indeed a focus on it and especially with uh, the quad and with uh, the different international collaboration uh, um, happening so 
the the focus on semiconductors became even more enhanced so that okay. is the basic gist of it but mm-hmm. uh, again we can delve more into it okay okay so according to you is this industry the entire supply chain of this industry is it is it fra- highly fragile or is it highly efficient i mean i think there's this this is a uh, thin line between the two and uh, where do you think it lies i think in terms of fragility it is fragile because of the dependencies which has created itself um, so now that so taiwan owns 60% of all the manufacturing mm-hmm. in the world right so now if one one day if actually the chinese invade taiwan and they eventually take over the industry and they completely uh, stop uh, from stop it from functioning on a on a you know large scale so can the industry survive at that point of time with only the rest of the manufacturing output other than taiwan which exists right now mm-hmm. that's a question you can't answer but it veers towards saying or oh, no they might not be able to do it because because they're overly dependent on taiwan so in terms of that there is fragility but in terms of efficiency yeah because of, of the fact that there is so many actors and mm-hmm. so many um, companies there are so many uh, stages as part of the production uh, itself from the design to the manufacturing to the assembly testing packaging all of it combining to give one chip so and i mean one chip in a sense like they load on a multiple and large scale uh, wherein a lot of produce but e- either ways to just for one chip you just have to undergo all those phases right and the fact that they have been doing it till now without having to uh, kind of you know rely on externalities such as uh, you know what if there is only an economic boom then only uh, we can be more efficient it's not like that right it has not been like that because it's been functioning for almost uh, t- uh, 40 years almost 40 years now uh, since the 80s 90s right so in terms of that yeah because of the fact that there are so many actors and involved and they're all working in tandem together they have been efficient but no one can disregard the fra- fragility which exists because of the dependency some things have create have which have been created so especially even in eda tools right like uh, synopsis and cadence have such a monopoly mm-hmm. if this uh, if us says okay they can't uh, they, they cannot uh, get issue licenses to any other company in the world except us companies you think uh, i mean like is that time the entire design, uh, design ecosystem in india will just crumble because right. he can't get any access to these tools mm-hmm. these are the tools which are used to design chips and uh, in that way there is it, it is extremely fragile and and prone to these kind of external factors which can de- which can determine its efficiency so that's something so okay given that you did speak about the design ecosystem in india and given that i did ask the honorable minister that question uh, my question to you is what is india currently doing 
to get into this bandwagon of the semiconductor kind of everyone's opening their eyes now they're seeing the inefficiencies not inefficiency probably the fragility in the system and the monopolies that is existing what is india doing uh, where is india going what do you think the future is i mean um, if you look at a swot analysis of india's semiconductor uh, ecosystem itself right you can easily figure out that uh, the design phase is the um, strength or the comparative advantage mm-hmm. for india because i mean we both can relate to it because we were in electronics engineers and we ended up being on the market for a couple of years i working in semiconductor uh, industries itself uh, in com- uh, semiconductor companies themselves so every year you have a large workforce which are which is coming in uh, i mean which is there's a large workforce already and there are there are multiple students uh, thousands maybe 10000 students who are just getting added on into the workforce every year uh, and also the fact that i i guess most of the major semiconductor companies have their design houses in india mm-hmm. and you can corroborate this because texas uh second most biggest uh, center is in right. right. so second biggest r and d yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, texas instruments has like has uh, in words i would say like they would they have kind of uh, bestowed upon the part of design to in, in to the indian workforce itself and they're <laughs> happy with the work they're doing and uh, and this this will continue for a while now so in terms of that you can see that the design ecosystem in the country is thriving but the only um, you know like pain point here is the fact that the majority of the people who are working in this field in the design field itself are working for mncs they are not working for indian companies so indian companies itself indian domestic companies itself do not have such a big uh, you know presence not even a big presence they don't have much of a presence and the fact that this is an industry wherein you rule on ip right and uh, you, when you build intellectual property in certain domains that's when you kind of establish yourself as one of the de facto leaders in that domain so one the dli scheme which was released last year was meant to do that because in terms of the fact that they wanted to support specific design uh, semiconductor design startups to create their own ip and uh, build up on whatever uh, they have right now so in that way yeah even though the design phase is india's comparative advantage there is this whole thing about not supporting the local industry enough and that is where the last year's package came in but uh, one of the major things the uh, any package from the last 20 30 even 40 years is building a fab in the country that is mm-hmm. the manufacturing aspect of it there have been tried it has been tried tested failed multiple times and uh, now whatever small uh, fabs india has right now they don't have any commercial fab first mm-hmm. of all they have only fab research fabs are, yeah which are research fabs or operating under government departments there is that sitar uh, fab and then there is that gallium nitrate fab right and uh, there's also the semiconductor laboratory in chandigarh which is under the department of space and um, they just cater to the space industry and space requirements right now so they don't have any commercial fab itself and 
they've tried to build it they've tried to uh, attract investments for a long time it 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 hasn't happened yet so uh i mean that's the thing right it's not just investments there is so many things which are which is it's like a chain reaction so once you get investment you should also ensure that you get the required uh equipment for uh, manufacturing and this includes photolithography right. equipment all of it all of that um so in the fa- on that fact also india has not joined uh, the ita which is the information technology agreement wherein there is a free flow of uh, technology goods across uh, uh, across borders so um, they still have import restrictions on it Uh, on different goods not just like semiconductor manufacturing but different technology goods itself and uh, once you get that there is also this whole uh, thing about your you need skilled labor you need skilled labor to operate these machines it's not something like um, other like in uh, large scale industry manufacturings wherein uh, it's all automated or it's all like uh, uh you know it's all like assembly lines or something like that right so there is there is this requirement of um, skill labor so but again they haven't been able to attract human capital mm-hmm. uh, i don't everyone from india wants to go to the us but no one right. from us wants, no semiconductor designer or even a uh, semiconductor manufacturing startup from the us wants to come to india and set up their whole thing because the it's a, it's just a multiple of re- multiple re- uh, reasons right there's that red tapeism bureaucratic uh, uh, you know involvement and um, there is no state support i mean state uh, state government support um, that um, the whole uh, concept of uninterrupted power and uh, water supply so there is there are just huge number of factors which have contributed to not getting a farm in the country so when uh, Mr. Rashmi Vaishnav said that there would be a fab um, which would come up in the country by the end of the year. It it seems to, I mean, it is an optimistic scenario, but we do not know whether what kind of uh, things. What kind of capacity the fab will have? Yeah. What to cater to? Yeah, we do not know anything about that. And what is it this time that is different from? the last 30 years right so uh, that's some that's something we might have to ask uh, because we have not uh, succeeded in the last 30 years what might be the cause for this time uh, the success this time so and that is why everyone uh, including us uh, said that no look you do not have to focus just on the manufacturing aspect you have other areas of the semiconductor supply chain you can focus on which includes the design and also the uh, osat or the atmp which is basically outsourced mm-hmm. assembly and test because those are the ones where less re- investment is required and you are okay with you can you are okay with low skilled labor which india has abundantly and the fact that you can uh, build it in a lesser period of time and you can attract even uh, giants taiwanese giants such as foxconn and all that to come um, and, uh, assemble their uh, products in this country i mean iphone uh, se is assembled in india right so why not anything else so um, that 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 was also a conversation which was happening and uh, but again uh, it's in terms of this whole concept of strategic autonomy strategic interests and uh, what not they the government still feels that 
look, we need to have a fab in our country to make us self-sufficient. I mean, that's the whole concept behind it. But do you think we'll really be self-sufficient if it's just one fab? Because you can't. There are so many other dependencies which are there in the entire supply chain. And also the fact that how, how much can you supply to the domestic market, right? There is no domestic market in the country which would actually buy the fab, uh, buy the chips you produce. You end up having to export most of the chips you produce, even though even though there's a uh, uh, there's a fab in the country, right? And you will be competing on the uh, international markets at that time. Can you compete with the likes of TSMC and UMC or uh, even Samsung uh, to uh, to export uh, chips abroad? So. These are the questions which we need to answer. So uh, that's something India, I mean, the whole concept is like, that's what these guys have been trying to look at in terms of not just focusing on one area or part of the supply chain, but the overall aspect. And uh, they've also included, you know, like the international cooperation. That's in terms of, uh, we can see it in terms of the quad, which is the quad supply chain, uh, semiconductor supply chain initiative. That's the um, countries, India, US, Japan, and Australia, which are looking to counter, um, or not even counter, basically uh, just try to um, build redundancy and resiliency in the semiconductor supply chain, uh, ensuring that um, China does not have a leverage. I mean, they say that it's not just China driven, but it's it's clear that uh, there is this whole fear of, Chinese investments and Chinese uh, manufacturers taking over the market, taking slowly taking over market share. And you can see that a lot. I mean, like uh, recently I wrote a piece wherein it's, uh, I talked about how the post-pandemic rise of China and the semiconductor industry has been visible. And the fact that the sanctions by the US themselves are a result of that, first of all. Because they feel that once we are sanctioned, that means that we have to do everything on our own and we can figure it out. Mm-hmm. And they're done. And also the fact that uh, they're tapping into these uh, niche markets, uh, they're tapping into AI chips, AI enabled chips, which wherein uh, uh, wherein you do not need um, leading edge nodes such as fine fine nanometer or seven nanometer technology. They they have they do not have capability for that either. So they're uh, so they. They're tra- tapping into niche markets such as AI chips, which which is which will still uh, work with 65 nanometer tech, and which they have the capability to uh, manufacture and fabricate. So, in terms of that, they have been rising, and that is why this whole uh, international cooperation behind securing the semiconductor supply chain itself. So, India's initiatives are both uh, domestic and uh, you know the international, like in geopolitical or whatever you can call it so so it's it uh, i can probably call it a very uh, geopolitically strategic kind of investments that india is making more than anything else yeah i mean uh, strategic is this word uh, i mean uh, one of my colleagues keeps telling me that strategic is a word which people use when they do not know what else to put in so, wow very nice <laughs> so <laughs> all right all right okay Okay, so thank you so much, Arjun, uh, for this very quick discussion. Uh, it did clarify some thoughts that I had in my mind. Uh, we started off from a very optimistic scenario to a very, very kind of we went down to pessimistic lanes. And then now we are back to kind of really kind of figuring out what the questions are for the future. And thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, thank you, people, for listening and tuning in for the second episode of the Minicast. Do follow us on all the channels. 
Uh, I'm Lou and there's no Sid and we are Lucid. <laughs>